wake up. It's the Sleep Unplugged podcast with Dr. Chris Winter, episode 44, shift work. I got no time for living. I'm working all the time. Welcome everyone to the Sleep Unplugged podcast. My name is Chris Winter. I'm a neurologist and sleep specialist and your host for the next few minutes. Happy you could be here. If you're new to the show, welcome to the Sleep Unplugged podcast family. If you are a veteran, welcome back. This is a big episode. It's an episode about a topic we have referred to a lot in the show already, even though we've not specifically dedicated an episode to it, and that is shift work. Huge topic. In fact, there was something recently that I had posted on social media, you know, something about sleep or ways to get more deep sleep or something. And the thread quickly became, I'm a shift worker. How do I make that happen? And it was just all shift work, all shift work. And I thought, you know, REM behavior disorder is quickly becoming the Matt Damon of the Sleep Unplugged podcast in the sense that at the end of Jimmy Kimball's show, he always says, and apologies to Matt Damon because he got bumped. I feel like REM behavior disorder is that. We, we were like, we're going to do REM behavior disorder, but we have to bump you to make room for shift work sleep disorder, shift work disorder today, which we'll talk about in great detail. So welcome to the show. Glad you could be here. Generally, we start the show off with comments, corrections, criticisms, and I just want to give, I'm going to, I'm going to set that aside for this episode and give a big shout out to Texas. The Texas legislator legislature on April 11th voted to adopt permanent daylight saving time, despite the overwhelming scientific evidence that we need to be on standard time and the uproar that happened when it did, it's like Texas and I believe 19 other states have just said, forget science. We're moving forward with what we think feels good. We want that little bit of sunlight when we get off of work so we can barbecue down in Texas or do whatever we need to do. Greg Abbott, the the, the governor down there said, I feel really really good about this and 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 nobody cares. So I, I don't I don't know. I feel like maybe I need to just reverse maybe, you know, Texas, maybe you need to stop tiptoeing around this and just go all in. Forget the extra little bit of, of daylight when you get off of work. Why don't you make shift several hours. Let's make it such that, you know, around three, four, five o'clock when you're getting off of work, maybe that's when the sun could be coming up. So you can just shift your clock so radically that from the time you get off of work at five o'clock, it's just nothing but sun until you go to bed. I mean, why mess around with just the, with the one hour? If you're that dedicated to having sunlight when you get off of work and don't care about the science that relates sleep to sunlight in the morning and, and the overwhelming evidence that shows the kids' health is better when they have some sunlight in the morning and workers' health is better when there's some sunlight in the morning. Just go all in. Forget it. Make it totally dark until about three o'clock. The sun comes up at three. So by the time you get off of work at five and you go home and fire up the grill, it's sunny and you've got plenty of sunlight for your activities in the evening right up until when you go to bed. So from now on, I think I I am standing in in direct opposition to Karen Johnson and her save standard time, and I'm saying let's go all into nothing but sunlight when we when we get off of work, 
um, forget this one hour thing. Let's shift it six or seven hours. We have plenty of after work sunlight for our activities. And, and I mean, come on, get with it, Texas. Um, I will say that my state, Virginia, that that measure failed. Um, but it's amazing how many states are just completely ignoring Karin's work and 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 science. So please give a give a follow to um, Karin Johnson. Save standard time. Educate yourself. Just listen. If you're asking me, Chris, what do you like? I kind of like a little sunlight in the evening. I don't like running with my dogs after work with my headlamp on. But that is not what is scientifically best for our health. So. Again, we're back to cheeseburgers. I like a good cheeseburger, but my doctor said very specifically, that's not great for your health. So anyway, um, so before we get into shift work, let's talk really quickly about, well, first my outfit, if you're watching the YouTube channel, and if you want to follow the show or get in touch with the show, it's DR Chris Winter Twitter, DR Chris Winter Instagram, DR Chris Winter TikTok. And then you can find us on YouTube at Sleep Unplugged Podcast, I believe. You just type in Sleep Unplugged, you'll, you'll find us and all the episodes we post. So today I'm wearing my University of Virginia scrub shirt. This is the medical color. Back in the day was the dark blue. If you were aqua, that meant you were a surgeon. The aquas had the really cooler cutoff sleeves to show off your orthopedic guns. So I'm putting this on because this was the time in my life where I was actually a shift worker, even with my, got my ID badge here. Couldn't find my pager. That got thrown away a long time ago. But anyway, so that's the explanation for the outfit. For the song, I chose Working Man by Rush. This was released on their debut album. And the only reason Rush was ever discovered was because of a DJ in Cleveland named Donna Helper, who was given the working man single off of their their self their self their debut self-titled album and she liked it i believe that was 1974 but i could be wrong um she liked it so much that she started playing it and rush was discovered so to this day rush credits her with their discovery now their famous drummer neil Peart did not play on the um on this on this album, it was John Rutsley, who was their initial drummer, who said, you know, my chronic diabetes is going to make touring hard for me. So he dropped out of the band and, and Neil Peart, um, the late Neil Peart, jumped in. And I think this is important because we're talking about shift work and Rush actually recorded their albums late at night when studios were empty. So they kind of filled in for dead space. You know, the people who owned the studio were like, look, Nobody's here from you know 2 a.m. till 6 a.m. So if you want the studio, you can have it. So I think that ties into the shift work a lot. And then thinking about John Rutsley and you know how chronic health issues can impact our ability to deal with shift work and travel. Every traveling touring group is in fact a shift work disorder in progress. I think that's really important to kind of think about as well too. And and to this day, working man, I wish it was working person because as you'll figure out from this podcast, women who engage in shift work seem to get the raw end of the deal than men. So I feel a little wrong about calling, you know, picking a song called working man for this title, but we'll call it working person for the, for the sake of this episode that it's still one of Getty Lee's favorite songs to perform and Alex Lifeson's guitar solo on Working Man Rolling Stones. So it was one of the top 100 um, of all time. So let's get into shift work. 
And when we're talking about shift work, what we're talking about is when your working hours are not lining up with what your circadian optimized hours would be. And, and that's important because as we talk about things like shift work, as we talk about things like ad adopting to permanent daylight saving time versus permanent standard time, we have to sort of separate out the adjustment. So let's all start working night shifts and we're gonna take everybody who's listening off their day job and we're all gonna start coming in around 11 p.m. to start our jobs. There is the initial adjustment. And after a period of time, usually it takes about you know a day to adjust an hour, give or take, um, depending on which direction you're trying to adjust. Um, once we're adjusted, okay, it's it's been several weeks and now we've been coming into work at 11 o'clock and we're to some degree adjusted from that acute movement. There is still a significant amount of change, a significant amount of impact or negative consequence to us simply being on a schedule where our midday does not correspond with the sun being directly over our head. And this, Texas, if you're listening, is the problem. This is the reason why the risk of shift work doesn't go away in an individual who likes shift work, feels adjusted to shift work, has been on nights for weeks and weeks and months and years. It really doesn't change that that health risk never really goes away. And I, I think that these things are extremely important to kind of understand that there is an inherent risk with shift work that I'm not going to be able to solve with this podcast. So if you're waiting around for, hey, Chris is going to tell us how we can make the shift work that we're engaged in not dangerous, not harmful, that's unfortunately not going to happen in this episode. And... um. There is a lot of problems to go with this. Let's start with the problems. So problem number one is when you take a group of shift workers and you have a group that's identical to them that are working the same job, same hours, but it's a structured, standardized day shift, you're probably losing somewhere on the order of one to four hours of sleep per day. And this has been shown in many studies including studies looking at interns like I'm dressed up with. And let me tell you something, there's no question about it. You know, when we would work days, you know, sometimes you would be as an intern, I would spend a month in the neurology clinic. Oh man, that was awesome. You would wake up and you would see your kids and you would see your partner and you'd have a cup of coffee and you'd drive to work and you'd get there at eight and get ready for clinic and your first patient would come at nine or whatever the schedule was. And your last appointment was at 4.30 and you would be done at five, do a little bit of charting and you would leave. And it was great. And I was really on top of that. I was really good at that. I love being in the clinic. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. When we were in the clinic, every day we would get our charts put together with a rubber band. And the very first day I was in my neurology clinic, I took that rubber band, made a little ball out of it. And every day when I was in clinic, I would take the rubber band around my charts and, and add it to the ball. And I just kind of kept it in this little cubby that I had. And there was this woman who ran the clinic at UVA named Miss Gardner. Miss Gardner came in one time when I was probably a second year and said, where are the rubber bands exactly? Like we're the rubber bands seem to be disappearing. And so I brought in this, you know, basketball sized ball and said, are you looking for these? So I think that rubber band ball is still in the clinic. There's like a little weird shrine 
in the neurology clinic. And the last time I checked, it was still there. So apologies to Mrs. Gardner for having to order more rubber bands. But there's just study after study, the four study from 1972, 4A study, I'm sorry, 1972, Matsumoto study in 78. I mean, all the way up to you know current times that show time and time again, if you're engaged in shift work, you're, you're not getting the same amount of sleep as the person in your control group. I was always taught you're losing six hours a week, which based upon some of this research would tell you, oh, that's 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 on the shorter end. That's on the optimistic end of things. So in addition to not getting enough sleep, the overwhelming majority of individuals who are involved in shift work complain of sleep issues. I mean, of course you do. You know, I mean, how many times have you had a shift where you're just brutally tired? And we know that period of, you know, 3 to 5 a.m. is the strongest time where our body really wants to sleep. That's where accidents are happening. All kinds of terrible things are happening. And if you relate back to the we did an episode of the podcast on circadian rhythms, and that was episode 14. Some of this kind of relates to that, that we have a very powerful intrinsic drive to sleep in that three to 5 a.m. period. So if your job entails working during that time, it is a very difficult time to be working at your best, not making mistakes, you know, feeling good, feeling optimistic, not feeling depressed or anxious or whatever you're feeling, all these things to kind of get rolled into working and shift work. But then what was amazing was you would get off at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., call was over, you signed out to the day team that's gonna be taking care of all the patients and you go home and you hop in bed and you don't fall asleep. Have you ever had that experience where you're absolutely exhausted, felt maybe not safe driving your car home? You walk in, get into the bed, and there you are wide awake. And this is a very common issue for individuals with shift work who have engaged in shift work. In fact, they did this one study where they put welding masks on patient or on workers. And when your shift was done at 8 a.m., you put the welding mask on with that little teeny window right there. It blocks out lots and lots of lights, very dark. And you were instructed to wear the welding mask until you got into bed. And those individuals slept much better. So one intervention that we can do is when you're done with shift work, get your blue blockers, get your sunglasses on, get out of light. Right, really start shutting things down. We talk about baseball players a lot on the show because I work with a lot of teams. Just finish up a spring break. Here's your routine. When the game is over or when you're done with your obligation to the game, hey, get your body cool. You got to cool down because you're hot. You've been out there running around and throwing pitches and suicide squeezing and whatever you do in baseball. So got to get yourself cooled down. Number two, get yourself out of light and get yourself start, you know, start just you know, mentally calm yourself down. Eat as quickly as possible. You know, don't get home and then eat. Try to eat immediately. You know, so you give yourself some time between when you go to bed and, and or I'm sorry, when you eat and when you go to bed. The other thing that I think that a lot of individuals with shift work engage in is sort of that polyphasic or at least biphasic sleep. And we've talked about that in episode 31, where a lot of individuals get home, they get into bed, and they go right to sleep at, you know, 8 a.m. Then they wake up at noon or one, or they've got family responsibilities, which we'll talk about in a minute. So they're up and doing some things. They've got business they've got to attend to during business hours. And then they'll generally grab a little nap about an hour or two before they go to work. So they're actually splitting their sleep into two periods. I would say that's perfectly fine. If that's what you need to do, I would definitely recommend doing it or at least recommend, okay, it's two hours before we have to go into, into work. 
let's just go into a quiet place and close our eyes. Even if you don't sleep, we're going back to resting again. I think for shift workers, the, the concept of resting is extremely important. And again, I've talked to this about baseball players all the time. I don't think, I think when you look at baseball, I'll tell you a little quick story. I think every professional sports team, professional sports athlete is probably dealing to some degree with shift work disorder, as is all the athletic trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, head of you know, athletic performances. Hello, everybody. Uh, I see you guys. You guys are working very hard. These men and women are up well before the athletes are, and they're going to bed much later because they got to break everything down. So their responsibilities are Herculean. So I think, I believe virtually all professional athletes in the modern era are shift workers and are thus exposed to the risk of what we call shift work disorder, which is a diagnosable condition. If you're listening right now and you engage in shift work and you think it negatively affects your work life or your personal family life, you've got shift work disorder and it can be medically treated. And we'll talk about that as we go a little bit further here. Um, what's interesting is uh, there, there was this idea that if you stay on night shift, and I've said this before, if you stay on nights, if you're a night shift worker and you stay on nights, you're going to do better than if you, you know, on the weekends, you keep trying to go back to days and, you know, enjoy the sunlight, get out on your boat on the lake or whatever you like to do. And then you go back to night shift on Monday that if you can somehow stay on nights that you do better medically, you know, there's actually surprisingly little evidence about this. And once again, we're going to invoke the name of the friend of the pod, Karen Johnson, who says, well, of course, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you perfectly stay on night shift work. Your brain knows. It knows during your quote unquote lunchtime, which is happening at what, three o'clock in the morning, that the sun isn't directly above your head. So the health consequences of just trying to fool ourselves into adopting a different time are never going to fully go away. So Every state in the union can pass, you know, it's it's bill to say, let's stay on daylight saving time. You can do it. You can completely ignore the body of scientific evidence. And I guess listen to industry. I don't know who you're listening to. I'm not sure who's in your ear to make you completely ignore what's best for our health and our kids' health. You can do it. It doesn't change the fact that this is not when our body expects the sun to be above our head. And that's always going to carry with it some degree of medical consequence and medical risk. And that was shown in, there's a, there's a study that was done in 2008, Folkert study in chronobiology, international chronobiology study that basically do permanent night shift workers show circadian adjustment. And they really don't. There's no evidence to suggest that. So when people say that, you, you can kind of call them out on it. I'm not saying it's it's not better, but it's not like you erase the risk when you do that. So that's a very nebulous sort of area right there when it comes to shift work. Um, I, I think that there are things you can do with the structure of the shift work to make it better. Again, we're trying to optimize things here. So optimization, number one, when it comes to shift work, in my opinion, go see a sleep doctor and make sure your sleep, when you're getting it, is perfect. Do you snore? You need to get that taken care of. Are you hypertensive and obese? We're going back to the sleep apnea episode we did just a few uh, few few weeks ago where you know 
if you know somebody who snores, if you know somebody, somebody who stops breathing, if you, you know, the severe sleep apnea was episode 42, got to get it taken care of. Because what we can't have with you is an individual who is engaging in shift work, which is problematic, but then also ignoring the idea that when your sleep is not as good as it could be, you're just going to kind of plow right through it. So when I see a patient and I'm a little bit on the fence of, does this person really need a, an actual sleep study or an evaluation? If they're a shift worker, they're going to get it. They're absolutely going to get it. So number one, make sure your sleep is perfect. Have a very frank conversation with your partner. Do a home sleep study. Do an in-lab sleep study. Talk to a sleep doctor. Talk to your primary care doctor. If you struggle with your blood sugar, if you struggle with your weight, if you struggle with your blood pressure, I think a sleep study is is in a sleep evaluation is absolutely reasonable. You You especially cannot have underlying sleep problems not be diagnosed. So other things too, you know, we often think of um, rotating schedules work better if they're if they're rotating forward, meaning you work evenings, then you work nights, then you work days versus you work days, then you work nights, then you work evenings. Once again, easier to travel west and go to bed a little later every every so often than it is to travel east and go to bed earlier every so often. Very difficult to go to bed earlier than what we want to, a little bit easier to go to bed later. So I think that, you know, if you have some sort of voice within your operation, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you, supervisor, because the way you've got things sort of structured where every week we're changing schedules and it's very haphazard or it's backwards rotating or whatever, you might be able to say, look, we can cover the same number of hours that you need to get covered, but we can do it in a way that's much more advantageous and, and, and positive when it comes to our health. And what's interesting is that when you look at individuals who are sort of engaged in, in shift work and, and individuals who stay on these for long periods of time, there have actually been twin studies that show the risk doesn't go away. That if you're sort of, you know, the permanent night shift worker and the twin is the permanent day shift worker, the permanent night shift worker has much more health-related consequences that we're going to get into. Once again, back to daylight saving time, back to standard time. We can adjust, we can put everybody on daylight saving time and pat ourselves on the back. Texas legislature, Texas, Texas is very good at like passing laws that to me make no sense and standing around a bunch of guys, you know, around a desk, their arms around each other, smiling real big, like you just saved the world and you haven't done anything. So yeah, you can pass that legislation and do your little smiley picture if you want to. But the fact of the matter is you're going to expose every Texan to a situation that is slowly harming their health. And if we had a twin group of similar Texans somewhere else that were on standard time, we would see after a period of time that those individuals had better health, health consequences than the individuals that you have put under these unusual circumstances of being on permanent daylight saving time. So anyway, your call. And it makes you wonder, is the permanent daylight saving time actually better then going back and forth, at least where you are right now, half the time, so to speak, 
you have individuals on the right time for their health. <laughs> now you're switching them all to completely being on 365 days a year the wrong time. So higher degrees of sleepiness, we know. Individuals who are shift workers are much sleepier. And what's sad is, as we've talked about many times before, that speed to unconsciousness, shift worker. What happens when shift worker comes to your dinner party and you're sitting around talking about your you know, your recent trip or the house renovation you're planning to do it. Shift worker's asleep. Shift worker sat on the couch, talked to you and he's falling asleep. So he's a great sleeper. Or she's a great sleeper, right? No, they're terrible sleepers. But shift workers show a high degree of excessive daytime sleepiness. And because of that, they get in bed, fall asleep right away. Sit down and watch TV. They're sound asleep. Lay down and take a nap in the afternoon. They're asleep. So because of their speed to sleep, Everybody thinks, oh, they're great sleepers. And they think that too. So they're not going to seek a lot of help for their sleep. They're the sleep that everybody envies. Oh man, I wish I could be like Carla. Carla, every time she sits down, she's soundly asleep, right? Because we know she's losing out on one to four hours of sleep per day, right? So we have to be very careful. National Transportation Safety Board said 30 to 40% of all United States truck accidents are fatigue related. 30 to 50% of night shift accidents are fatigue related. We know about Chernobyl. We know about Three Mile Island. We know about the Valdez, all these things we talk about a lot. Um, absenteeism, disability, health-related consequence to the employers, massive. Absolutely. And in the billions, we are losing because of shift work. Uh, errors on the job. I mean, I could, I could do a whole podcast of the errors that are done in hospitals when people are on call and, and shift work and, and whatnot. So, and the funny thing is it's, it's often time driven, not so much. Um, I'm sorry. It's, it's sleep driven, not so much time. How much sleep have you gotten in the last 24 hours? It's really not so much about the time, you know, so and truckers are basically arbitrarily saying, look, you have to stop at this time. Can't drive for more than eight hours and sleep, even though the trucker might say they're not ready to sleep or they're not able to sleep, these things often sound good on paper, but they, they can often not be particularly helpful, meaning that if a trucker's gotten the right amount of, of, of sleep in the last 24 hours, she can drive a long time without a problem. But if the trucker has not gotten enough sleep in the last 24 hours, you can break it up however you want and make her only able to drive six hours before she has to stop and take a mandatory rest. You're not going to change the rates of accidents as significantly as ensuring the right amount of sleep in the past 24. I want to talk quickly about women and, and shift work. Women bear a very big burden when it comes to shift work. They're not as likely to engage in recovery, uh, exercise, extra sleep, napping, because they're usually using that time to engage in sort of family-related responsibilities. This has often been described as the double burden. And it was a Clissold study from 2002 that basically looked at individuals. And, and it was, a I think it was a nursing journal that said, yeah, women, when they have the opportunity to take a nap or do a little exercise or meditate, you know, they're signing permission notes, packing lunches, doing grocery shopping. And this double burden has been shown in many, many, many studies. So we have to be very careful when we start looking at women engaged in shift work, particularly who may have families. And, and there was a study that showed that actually the presence or absence of children didn't really seem to make that much difference. This was from the Tucker study in 2021. It was called comparing the acute effects of shift work on mothers and fathers. And, and what it showed was that 
the, the presence or absence of children really didn't impact that as much as most people thought that it would. And this was, again, one study. But it did show that women tended to undertake many more unpaid domestic work-related responsibilities at home, including childcare, keeping up the house, shopping, etc. And this is a reason why they seem to suffer more with shift work and often have more medical-related uh, issues related to it. So again, you've come into my clinic you are a shift walk worker and you're a woman and you've got a kid. We're going to take your sleep very seriously. And I may not be able to fix this, the shift work problem, but we can definitely make sure that when I send you back out there to do what you need to do, you've gotten some tips. Great. But you're also, I can, I can verify that your sleep is golden, that it's doing the best it can. Now your responsibility is to find that time to sleep. So what do we do in terms of uh, individuals who are engaged in shift work? We have to first make them aware of the medical consequences that come with it. And again, we could just talk forever. So let's just say that it's awful. It's, it's, it's really, really rough. Um, weight and caloric input goes way up, cardiovascular health way down. There was a study that basically said, look, we need to start thinking about shift work as a type 2A carcinogen, especially when it comes to breast cancer in women, prostate cancer in men, colon and rectal cancer seem to be much higher in individuals who are shift workers that might be related to the diets that they consume. There's lots of variables that kind of go along with that mental health. The isolation of shift work is really problematic. You are working during the nights and everybody's going to see the pink concert during the day or during the evening. Well, you can't because you're working or you're trying to sleep during all this time. So you're not engaged in book clubs. You're not doing things with other people because your shift is completely separate from their living and waking hours. So there's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety that goes along with this. And this particularly hits women. Yeah, they got double burdens at home, dealing with kids and trying to work and do all these things. And they're isolated from their friend and support group. So we have to be very watchful for those kinds of individuals. Depression is, is much higher. Impaired metabolism. We see a lot of problems with diabetes and glucose tolerance, uh, inflammatory conditions, fibromyalgia. It just it literally goes on and on and on. And, and, and we know that the, the risk of individuals, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, look, when I was a shift worker, I felt and looked terrible. I think I've said before on the podcast, my kids will sometimes, you know, look through old photo albums and find pictures of me, you know, kind of dressed like I am right now. And their comments are like, wow, you look terrible. You look awful. I felt awful. I felt really, really bad. I ate poorly. You know, I'd get the whole bags of Chips Ahoy cookies and eat them on call. I just, I just didn't care. I was just tired and just the cookie kind of gave me a little shot of dopamine in my brain. I got seven people to see in the emergency room. I'm not gonna, definitely not going to be sleeping tonight. I miss my family. Don't like all this heavy burden of work and this is not worth it to me. And, you know, so it just, there was a lot of things that were kind of going on. So you can see it in people. You know, I've played this game ever since I was a, med student, when I would sit down and talk to a patient, see him in the clinic, I would have a little space for height and weight. I would always write down, I'm sorry, age and weight. I would always write down age and weight. And then later in the interview, I would ask, you know, how old are you? Oh, I'm 43. And I would write it down next to my guests. And how much do you weigh? Write it down next to my guests. I'm going to tell you the people who would fool me the worst were shift workers. You know, those are the people I'd write down, oh, that person's what, 52? And they're like 39. 
you know, smokers and shift workers, boy, they, they, it ages you quickly. Why does it age you quickly? What prevents us from aging? What keeps us youthful? It's, it's growth hormone, right? When do we get growth hormone? We get it during deep sleep. Well, if you start chronically disturbing deep sleep, you're chronically disturbing your secretion of growth hormone. So this chemical that we all need to stay healthy and vibrant and youthful is not there. Got to get it. Got to get it. It is a performance enhancing drug. So how do we diagnose shift work disorder? Basically, shift work sleep disorder. Shift work disorder is defined as an individual who is having difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, or experiencing non-restorative sleep for at least a month, and it's associated with a work period that occurs outside of habitual sleep. Um, there's some more specific criteria for the International Classification of Sleep Disorder, the ICSD, basically a complaint of insomnia, excessive sleepiness, or something wrong with your sleep that happens for uh, at least a month, and in the occurrence or in the setting of recurring work schedules that overlap with a typical person's sleep time need to happen for at least a month. Uh, the uh, the circadian alignment seems to be off by about um, uh, off by uh, monitoring with a sleep diary, sleep log, and it's the sleep disturbance is not explained by something else like sleep apnea or restless leg syndrome. So what do we do to fix it? Number one, we ensure normal sleep. Number two, I, I we talk to patients. Look, I get the fact that you are driving this Uber in between the other two jobs you already have. Can I get you to stop driving this Uber? Because I'm nervous that the money that you're making, you're going to spend three times that much in medical bills or to get your car fixed when you fall asleep behind the wheel of the car and put it into a telephone pole. So discontinuing work is a conversation that we sometimes have to have. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to do it. The shift worker is going to change, but we've sometimes got to say, look, this is killing you. Is there any way we can get you off? The I'll write you a letter to your nursing supervisor. You've got to be on days. This is, this is harming your health. And you know, this, this works to a point, right? Somebody's got to work the night shift. Um, so anyway, discontinuing, I think is important. Policy changes, talking to employees, writing letters, giving suggestions to patients they can take to their employee and say, look, the structure you have for our schedule is not as good as it could be. So can we make something that's awful into something that's sort of slightly bad by changing some things around, keeping people from rapidly rotating schedules, rotating in a certain direction, using certain countermeasures in our work environment to make ourselves feel better? I mean, all these things I think are on the table. I think it's really important for individuals to really stress the, the health and the improvement of the quality of other things going on in their life. Are you exercising? It is not an option for you not to. What kind of food are you eating when you're a shift worker? Are you packing healthy lunches, dinners, food, or are you eating out of vending machines? That's probably a related to the colon cancer, rectal cancer that you see in shift workers, but I'm not entirely sure about that, but that'd be my guess. Building in rest days are really important for these individuals. And are you utilizing the rest days to truly rest or using that to get stuff done around the house? Um, education becomes a huge part of individuals who have shift work. And then strategic use of caffeine and also FDA approved medication. So if you are a shift worker and you feel like, Chris, I hear what you're saying and these things worry me because I have long commutes and I feel unsafe behind the wheel. I would strongly suggest you talk to your doctor 
or a sleep professional about some sort of medication that you could use to help with the effects of shift work disorder. There's several, I believe, uh, modafinil, armodafinil, and uh, sorinfitol. Uh, so that's Provigil, Nuvigil, and Sinozi are all FDA approved for shift work disorder, I believe. Um, so I, I think that you know these medications can be godsends to people. You know, my my first rule with you when you come into my office, I got to keep you alive. And if you're saying to me, Chris, I often, I sometimes will nod off driving and feel like I dream for a second. Oh, we got to deal with that. Maybe you shouldn't be driving. Maybe somebody should be taking you to work. Maybe you should be taking the bus. So we've got to make sure that you're safe because you're no good to yourself. You're no good to anyone else if you're hurt or if you're dead. So we've got to make that a huge priority. So shift work is tough. There's not a lot of great answers out there besides don't do shift work, but there are some things that you can do to make sure that you're as healthy as you can be and that you sort of distribute that burden amongst yourself and your partner. And if you need medications and certain things to ensure your safety, that those things are available to you, you need to know about them and find out more about them and ask your doctor if they are right for you. So that's it. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode on shift work disorder. Again, uh, in my my books, the shift, uh, the sleep solution, why your sleep's broken, how to fix it, we talk about. There's a whole chapter on shift work disorder, um, and then my other book is the rested child, why you're tired, why your irritable child may have a sleep disorder, and how to help. Not a lot of shift work in the book about kids and teens, but could be. Who knows? Not, they're not immune to it, I guess. Uh, find me on social media, dr. Chris Winter, uh, Twitter, dr. Chris Winter, Instagram, dr. Uh, Chris Winter TikTok. Look us up on YouTube, the Sleep Unplugged podcast. Uh, this is Dr. Chris Winter. I hope you all work hard, but sleep well until the next time we talk.